great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Finally, finally, we can't exhale yet, but finally, the thugs and criminals are finally being put on notice. Plainclothed undercover NYPD officers will be back on the street in three weeks. In three weeks with technology to help them spot guns and criminals, like expanding the use of facial recognition technology, and it can't come a day sooner. These officers will be identifiable as NYPD. They will have body cameras and they will have enhanced training and oversight. 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Strong words from the new mayor and a promise of swift action just days, 24 days, I believe, into the new administration. This is a hopeful combination. I only regret that the mayor didn't announce all of this on day one. We will start by putting more officers on patrol in key neighborhoods throughout the city. We will enhance existing public safety units with new neighborhood safety teams which will focus on gun violence. Mayor Eric Adams bringing back the NYPD plainclothes unit as part of a sweeping anti-crime plan. The mayor says, quote, we will have boots on the ground. The plainclothes units, which was disbanded by former mayor Bill de Blasio by his administration, I know you folks remember in the 2020 uproar, a national recognition, if you will, or reckoning perhaps is the better word, over police brutality. That's how we're in the mess that we are in now for knee-jerk reactions for votes, knee-jerk reactions for votes, and now we're in the situation that we are in. These plainclothes units, according to the mayor, will be deployed to 30 precincts where 80%, 80%, 8 0 of the city's violent crimes are reported. This as the funeral for 22-year-old officer Jason Rivera is Friday at St. Patrick's Cathedral, Friday at 9 a.m. The wake is Thursday, 1 to 8 p.m. And his partner, 
27-year-old Wilbert Mara fighting for his life shot in the head. I'm going to your phone calls in just one second. But 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 there is in all of this nightmarish scenarios and of all of this heartbreak for the city, for the NYPD, for the people that live here in the city of New York, there is a, a little bit of positive. And here's what I mean by this. One, that the plainclothes units are coming back. I don't know about you folks, but I don't ever want to hear Mayor de Blasio's name again in a public arena. Sure, if I see him privately, how are you, Mr. Mayor? I hope you're well. But that's it. He has the city of New York in this situation. And here's the the one positive point that I'm making. The union, the PBA, they are working, as I've said weeks ago, they are working with this new mayor. The head of the PBA, Pat Lynch, called Adams after this announcement, quote, an advocate for cops and crime victims, and said that his remarks acknowledge the problem and outline the beginnings of a plan. That's from the union. And in all of this turmoil, in all of this heartache and heartbreak, if you notice the the images, folks, it shows constantly on television Pat Lynch, the president of the PBA, standing right next to the brand new mayor of New York City, which says that they are working together. And by them working together, perhaps, perhaps some positive is on the way in all of this heartache. And so the mother, the weeping mother of this low-life ex-con that is accused of um, shooting these two officers says that she is besides herself, besides herself, thinking about the parents of the two shot cops. LaShawn McNeil, the 47-year-old ex-con, died this afternoon at Harlem Hospital. And... I'm about to start with your phone calls, but I do want to say this. And coming up uh, in the program, we'll have the Chronicles of Dominic Carter coming up at about uh, 1245 this morning. A lot to get to. I'm looking at my Twitter right now. And uh, a tweet from Jersey Girl, right, from Jersey Girl, says, in reference to Mr. McNeil's uh, mother, who called the police domestic uh, disturbance and uh, Jersey girl at my Twitter, Dominic TV, Dominic TV. You can reach me on Facebook and Instagram at Dominic Carter TV says in the post article, I'm quoting directly from Jersey girls tweet. You can tweet me now. I'm going to be using some of them during this hour. Jersey girl says in post article, she referring to the mother said he, her son had fixation with guns. BB gun accident took the sight in his eye. 
He lived with her in that apartment since November, and she didn't know he had guns, plural, two question marks. Jersey Girl says, not, period, buying, period, it, period. Let's go to your telephone calls. Let's start with uh, let's start with Steve in Manhattan. Good morning, Steve. You're on Talk Radio right. 77 WABC. All right, Dom and everyone listening. First of all, I would just tell people the New York State Parole Board is not unusual for them for, to release cop killers. You should know that. And what's going to happen, even if you have the cops out there arresting people, it's going to be called what was back in the 1980s, a revolving door. The cops arrest them. The judges release them because there's no bail and everything. So the criminal is basically protected here. And people should remember that uh, Bragg, uh, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan campaigned, folks. He campaigned on legalizing um, gun robberies. And so, you know, I mean, most people don't know that, but that's the case. That They always try to say this guy Soros is, no, no, the people know exactly what he was running on. They elected him. Adams has to request to the governor. I don't care about politics or anything. Oh, you can't do that because you're running for governor. The New York City, the, uh, the residents of New York City are more important. Adams has to make a request to that governor up there in Albany to remove this guy or bring in special prosecutors if he doesn't want to do his job and as prosecute uh, crimes. He can't arbitrarily just say, I, I, I'm just going to remove gun violations and stuff like that. That's baloney. He's changing the laws of New York well, State. He I, should I, be removed. I, I, I hear you, Steve. I hear you, Steve, and I, I thank you for the call. And um, you are correct as far as, it, and it seems like uh, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, it seems like he is backtracking uh, on on his uh, on his earlier comments. It seems, emphasis on seems, like someone has gotten to him and said, Mr. D.A., either you back up or there's going to be a public revolt against you and you're going to be removed from uh, office. Let's go now to John in Staten Island. Good morning, John. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, good morning. How are John, you? are you there? Good, yes, good. Go right ahead. Uh, Listen, this is all, just so you know, it's smoke and mirrors, what you guys are talking about with the, the anti-crime and public... First of all, uh, anti-crime became public safety under de Blasio. They stripped the plain clothes, put him in regular uniform. Now you have this guy coming in. The only thing that he's right. doing is changing it to neighborhood safety. These guys already exist. No, that's not, the, that's not, wait, 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 John, that, John, that's not the only thing he's doing. They are returning the plain clothes. Uh, listen, that's half the battle a, right there. Active, I'm an active police officer. I've read well, God bless you. And I, and I thank you. For, I, I thank you, John, for doing what you do. But, John, according to – I can only go by what the mayor is saying. You you have your feet on the ground, so maybe you're telling me different. But according to Eric Adams, they will. he says they will be clearly identified. But they And I do have a little problem with that because you do need the element of full surprise against these monsters that are out there. So you're telling me you don't believe they're going to be plain clothed? First of all, it's, it's, it's already been called hybrid, which means that there's going to be – uh, probably a large reflective NYPD logo front and rear on the vest carrier with with names and shields. Because the most important thing to the department is, is is transparency as far as what these cops are doing in the street. Okay. Secondly, all these cops that were in anti crime, then public safety, are now being removed because of risk management. When risk management says you have too many CCRBs, then they take these cops off the street, which brings in younger cops who don't know what they're doing. 
And younger cops, because they don't know what they're doing, lack the instincts to, to, to act accordingly on the street. They could get triggered. They could get hooked by these people cursing at them. Because if we curse in, in back to a, a perpetrator on the street, we get hit for, for a discourtesy automatically by CCRB. CCRB has the control now that any sort of proactive policing is not possible. Any of the good cops that have been out there for five, ten years doing this position are the same ones they're mm-hmm. removing because risk management says that they're, they're a risk to the street because they're CPI, which is basically, you know, anything that you've done in your career comes up on that, on that piece of paper. You got to understand. So, John, that. so I, I, I fully support the NYPD. Uh, going out on the streets the way that they used to, the plain clothes, in which the bad guys were scared to death because uh, some great police officers might roll up on you looking like a homeboy, looking like a businessman, looking like God knows what, but they would be undercover police officers. So are you telling me that there, are you basically saying, John, as a police officer, that there's no hope? Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you the city council makes all the rules. There's zero hope. This is all smoke and mirrors. It's nothing is going to change unless wow. city council changes the rules. We can't listen. Right. We well, the city council, down, the city council, unfortunately, John, is a joke. The city council, uh, the, well, the, the, city way, council the way it exists, the, it is, the mayor can say anything he wants. But the reality is mm-hmm. all the cops, all the cops have to deal with the repercussions of everything. Do you know that now every car that the NYPD stops, they have to fill out a paperwork, and, and, most, and most of it is about race, to, you know, to guide and view to see if we're racially profiling? Mostly every car in the city, including my own, has tinted windows. We, we stop cars. Right. We don't see who the driver is until those windows roll down. But now every single car correct. stop that is made, whether it's, sir, you know, just uh, – you know, you, you didn't signal back there. You know, you, use safety, you know, be careful, you know, signal to others, you know, anything that you want to say. It all has to be – now that office has to stop. He has to sit there and he has to fill out this giant report, and I don't know where this stuff goes. I would highly re- recommend every cop to write unknown for the race because the reality is we weren't trained in identifying people's races. This is – it's out of control. Right. The demographics of each neighborhood – is is what the races are of people. This is not as cops. We don't look for we look for suspicious behavior. We look for paper temp tags, which leads to all the crime out there. You got to understand something, Dominic. I'm going to call you back in three months, and and we'll talk again. Okay. And you're going to say, you know, unfortunately, John, John I, you were right. I, I really, I really look forward to that. I want you to be safe out there uh, on the job. But I want to ask you one last question as I'm about to go to a commercial break here. I fully support stop and frisk. And the reason why I support it, right, as Mm -hmm. a proud African-American is because it saves lives and it's saving the lives of mostly people that look like me. Where do you stand on stop and frisk? Dominic, stop and frisk was fantastic. However, what happened was management, meaning the brass, at a certain point in my career said, listen, I don't care if it's February and it's 13 degrees out. We need 20. We need 20 of these a month. And at that point, the cops started to scramble. You started to make stuff up. You started to. You you were under pressure on a certain sense to create this paperwork, to create this Quotas. from happen. I'm not going to use the word quota because it was it was never said. But they said, look, each anti-crime personnel person had to do this many. You understand? So what happened was you take a fantastic tool. Then they build the database for the tool 
that has all the names that you're stopping, and they try to, in a, in a good sense, and I'm agreeing with you, it's a fantastic tool because certain certain captains and certain COs would, would, would do it a good way because they would track crime, track gang units, all the stuff that doesn't happen anymore. It's a revolving door. If city council does not change change all the rules that they're, they're applying, it, nothing is going to change. And I'm telling you right now, there's not going to be any plain clothes. It's going to be a hybrid uniform. It's going to be very easy to tell. Very few people get what they call nondescript cars, meaning cars that aren't uh, a Chevy Impala that even a, a 13-year-old kid knows is a cop passing by. It, it's it's a recipe that it, um, it's nothing is going to change, Dominic. And, I, and the cops will love it, too. We're, we are, we yeah. got boots on our neck if we do anything. We have to do stop reports. We have to do car stop reports. We have to the, – the, the amount of paperwork that goes into any sort of proactive policing is a deterrent for any cop to do. It's unfortunate. Well, John, John, I, I, I thank you for the call. Please be safe and please hold my feet to the fire. Three months from today, let's have this conversation and see if your perspective has changed or where things stand at that point. John, I thank you for the call and for your service to the NYPD. Radio 77 WABC. We will launch these additional teams in the next three weeks with deep focus on 30 precincts where 80% of violence occurs. New York City Mayor Eric Adams announcing the return of a revamped NYPD undercover anti crime unit. And as he just said, it starts in three weeks. My only problem with what he's doing is it should have happened on day one, on day one. But you have to give the guy some credit in this situation. He's trying to do something about the problem, and that is a good thing. Is it just me? I'm referring to the the mother of LaShawn McNeil, who the uh, 47-year-old ex-con who died this afternoon at Harlem Hospital. Uh, The mayor pointed out, and uh, police officials have talked about this, that they found, I believe, a loaded AR-15 under the mattress. Loaded. Besides the gun that was used to uh, shoot these two officers. And the mother didn't know Maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible. She said uh, that she didn't permit guns in her home, but she didn't know. And you don't you don't want to Monday morning quarterback situations like this. Very very tragic. But the officers responding to the scene, and maybe she told them this. But if your son believes that he's God, you don't think that you should tell the officers that the moment they knock on your door? You don't think that you should tell the officers that your son has a love of guns before they walk into an ambush that's waiting for them? Maybe maybe she shared this information. But... There's something wrong with with all of this. Let's go back to um, 
to the telephone calls. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Good morning, Pete. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. I was on with Rita earlier, but I have a couple of ideas going back old school. Remember when they used to have the block watches? You know, they had people that would watch the block. What happened? What yes. went bad with that was the information was getting out to them. These people were had restitution happen to them. But if they do it with a better way with the cell phone, a block watcher sees what's going on. Like, I'm out in Jersey Street in Staten Island. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I'm in a pretty bad neighborhood. When I say bad neighborhood, it has nothing to do with the origins of the people that live there. It's just bad people, poor neighborhood. And uh, now with the pandemic, you know, uh, Good people are forced into doing bad things when they got to survive. That's what I always said all the years. I'm a little too old for this. I'm 66, but when I see something going on, I get involved. I try to help out my community. All my neighbors, we have our phone numbers. We have a, a robocall. We, when something goes down, we call each other, and we all try to help out. You know, I got a lot of ex-cops and firemen and uh, federal people here, and they all get involved. That, but that hey, block hey, Pete, Pete, that, that that's yeah. great. That That's a great idea, but, 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 and... And, and I hate to be uh, the naysayer, but in some of these yeah. communities, you can't even get parents to show up to open school night. And you think they're going to show up and be part of a, a block patrol? Yeah, you, you still have a few. I thank you for the call, Pete. You still have a few communities that engage in it. But for the most part, it really it just seems to have uh, gone away. And in today's in today's climate, I, I just don't know uh, if that's really effective. What I do know that is effective is let the NYPD do their job. Now, if we want this to be effective, they have to be completely undercover. Completely undercover. The police must have the element of surprise must regain the element of surprise over these monsters. It's as simple as that. And folks, for right now, don't tell me any... I'm, listen, I'm not saying that police should abuse their authority, but please don't tell me any nonsense about alleged police brutality. When we have 11-month-old babies being shot in the face, we have 19-year-old girls who can't even work in a Burger King to help their family without being shot after turning over the money. After turning over the money. And th th this LaShawn uh, McNeil, <laughs> if he thinks he's God, that's, to me, that's the first thing the officer should have been told because that raises eyebrows and that says, I'm dealing with a, a nut job. Proceed with caution, with severe caution. Let's go to uh, Joe in the Bronx. Good morning, Joe. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning. Uh, regarding, the, regarding the horrendous gun violence that is now going on, not only in New York City, but in most major cities across the country that Correct. are run by progressive mayors. Okay, I like number one. Yeah, before I begin my comments, very briefly, there's a great article. His name is Gregory Hood. It's at UNZ.com. It points out to the fact that gun control is not the answer to the violence that you're seeing on the streets. 
because, again, it's not the gun itself. It's the degenerate who's pulling the trigger and killing innocent people. And, again, if you want to be completely honest and candid, it's not a gun issue. It's specifically it's black. black. And, hey, Joe, I'm with, you, I'm with you on these animals that are committing these crimes. And if you notice, I'm not even trying to pull my words anymore. But 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 it's also a major gun problem. If these animals don't have guns, then maybe we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in. But, Joe, I do thank you for the call. I do thank you for the call. You know, I noticed a headline out of D.C. to tell you how despicable things are. And I looked at the headline. It was a tweet. And it was the Washington, D.C. Black Lives Matter chapter. And I'm trying to figure out the right word here. These um, media prostitutes, because all they are are whores trying to make uh, news headlines. And it worked, unfortunately. Said, wait a minute, before you refer to these cops, there was a shooting uh, in Washington. And, and they said, before you refer to these cops as heroes, we should we should get all the facts. Are you kidding me? Are, are we, are, are we, are, have we gone that low, that low? As far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, there should be a news blackout of Black Lives Matter. What they have to say should no longer be relevant under any news situation. Because if we want to be honest about this, Black Lives Matter your advocacy is leading to your own people being slaughtered in the street day in, day out. To Kevin up in Boston, Massachusetts, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Kevin, you're up. Dominic, you've taken the words out of my mouth. That's what I was talking to your call screen to Philip about is what Black Lives Matter in the last day, what they posted, that they, uh, we should have no tolerance that every officer being killed should not be labeled as a hero, and they're trying to spin it around. So where is Eric Adams condemning what they put out in their news bulletin, Black Lives Matter? You're saying it all. As late as last night, we lost another officer ambushed. Uh, Houston, Texas, Harrison County, Charles uh, Galloway, a veteran of the force, deputy. And did you say when you opened your show that the second officer shot in um, in New York City uh, that was on life support? I did hear that his brain waves, that there was no brain waves. Uh, did he die? Well, as of uh, all I can say, Kevin, is that he's still alive. I can only say what the NYPD is telling us and what the doctors are telling us, that he's still alive. Uh, It's not a good situation. This officer was shot in the head, shot in the head and and, and didn't even really get a chance to defend himself, that both officers walked into a complete ambush. That's why I have a, a problem frankly, with how the mother handled this situation. Something something is wrong with this situation. You can't have it both ways. You can't call the police for help and then shield them from information because you don't want them to get into it with your son. You you can't have it both ways. And, and so Derek now... Adams, Dominic, 
on the well, press I, conference. He seemed to be bringing in the same people. It's the same rhetoric. It's spin. It's, uh, I mean, we're not going to get out. You need people with that, that have accomplishments that know what it is, whether it be Curtis or mayor, the mayor of America, Rudy Giuliani, the past two uh, commissioners of the police force. What is he doing? The only good part about that press conference is he did say he's going to use every tool and mechanism. Now, is that true, that they're actually going to be uh, randomly stopping cars and bringing back a sort of uh, stop and frisk, stop, question, and frisk? Well, according to the new mayor, the answer is yes, but a little conditional uh, Kevin, and I thank you for the call, and here's why I say conditional. The the mayor has to thread a, a very small needle. I say to hell with it. Full law and order, let's go. But he's trying to do law and order and at the same time uh, be responsive to the argument of the other side that says, uh, and this is not my uh, version of it, but the other side that says that uh, police abuse their authority. And so he's trying to make sure that doesn't happen by saying that the officers will be somewhat identified in vehicles that are plain clothes but identified. Frankly, if we're going to speak candidly and honestly, that defeats the purpose. The police have to have the ability for full surprise against these animals it is the only thing that these animals understand folks there's no other way to put it there's no other way i i i can't sugarcoat it this is it this is it either you go after these animals and put them in their place or we turn over society now which one is it going to be you can't have it both we're seeing, we're seeing day in, day out, what happens when these animals get the call to shots. When these animals know how far to go to tie the hands of a judge so that they can walk out the same day. And all of that has to stop. It has to stop now. Now, folks. Let's go to Will. Will is calling from Newark, New Jersey. Good morning, Will. What's on your mind? Good morning. I know you, you're into that stop and frisk, but you never heard that statement about you, you keep giving up your rights for security, you end up with no rights. Okay, so Will, so, so, okay, so Will, wait, 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 wait. So what's the answer? The answer is, if you, like Julianne said, you, you, get, you stop people, you know, you you get them for the crimes they do, the little crimes. They don't grow up into that, and they keep talking about guns, Bro- broken like guns windows, broken windows. So wait, Will, I'm I'm short on time. Yeah. So tell me, what's I'm the asking. answer? That that's all I want to know. Oh, just gotta do regular police. Get them a secret policing, you know. Just be around and watching people, and then when you arrest them, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say say that, Will, and thank you for the call because Mayor Adams has said that the officers uh, of this uh, plainclothes uh, unit are going to resort to technology and surveillance, and I say bravo and thank God, thank God. 
we have got to fight the same way that these criminals fight to do wrong. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. These officers will be identifiable as NYPD. They will have body cameras and they will have enhanced training and oversight. And folks, back to the mayor and crime in just one second. Sheldon Silver, the former speaker of the uh, New York Assembly, who was around in politics for 21 years, uh, convicted in the federal corruption trial. Uh, He died today in a uh, a federal prison uh, facility, and today is defined as as of Monday uh, in Massachusetts. And, you know, sometimes life can be interesting. So as an embed reporter for the Southern District of New York, I got to spend a lot of time with Mr. Silver on a personal level in the cafeteria at the uh, Southern District, uh, in the hallway of his trials. And, you know, he was, um, I had to always keep in mind what he was accused of, but he was... The, the right word I'm looking for, you know, we we were able to talk to each other. And and I felt a little bad for him, to be honest with you folks. But then, of course, when you think about what the allegations were about him uh, uh, stealing money and so on and pay-for-play uh, deals, uh, all of that was wiped away when you when you consider that. And he was he was convicted. Then the conviction was uh, was placed on hold or overturned. Uh, and then, and then the feds came back, and they and they finally got him. And um, Silver was considered one of the three men in a room as it relates to the most powerful people in Albany. And it's very interesting that they're all now out of uh, politics. That is Sheldon Silver, deceased Dean Skelos, uh, released from prison. Uh, governor Cuomo uh, stepped down as governor of the state. And so I do want to also point out a few of you have um, been bringing up Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. And so Catherine Wild, who is the president and CEO of uh, the New York Partnership, the business group that's been meeting with the district attorney. I had the great opportunity on Friday before the police officers were shot, before they walked into an ambush of appearing on uh, Cats at Night with our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis. And I just want to say thank you to all of you folks that listen to this program. Uh, someone said that we're like a family. And that's the way that's the way I feel about this. But And, and you, you try to be modest. But because of you folks, this program is doing exceptionally well in the ratings. And even our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, acknowledged that. Listen to this. This is when I was on his program on Friday, and Mr. Katsimatidis had on Catherine Wild of the New York Partnership discussing District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Madam President, uh, Dominic Carter speaking. So you're Dominic. So nice to hear from you. So nice to hear from you as well. Dominic has been lost at midnight. Now I'm back (laughs) at five o'clock today. I'd like to bring it to everybody's attention. Dominic Carter has the number one show at midnight every night, Monday through Friday. Thank you. And your ratings are very high, and a lot of people are listening to you. 
Thank well, you, Dominic sir. and I go way We back. do. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> and, and it's an honor to chat with you. And you've been on the front line as a leader in this city. And I trust your instincts as the president of the New York City Partnership So and CEO. Do you feel much better right now than you did, let's say, 24 hours ago, as it relates to Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg? Absolutely, yes, I do. I really think that he listened. I saw during the meeting, I think, things were communicated to him that he hadn't really thought about before this conversation um, or considered fully. And so I really, you know, when I see somebody respond in a genuine, authentic way, that makes me feel good. And he's clearly a, an effective and smart, uh, and smart prosecutor, and he's, which he's been doing for a number of years. And that's Catherine Wilde of the New York Partnership offering somewhat of a little bit of praise for the Manhattan DA and less than an hour after she made that comment, about an hour later, these two police officers walked into an ambush. But I wanted you to hear directly from the owner-operator of the station himself, John Katsimatidis, also Margo Katsimatidis, that because of you folks, because of you folks that are listening to your radio right now, whether you're on the app or Alexa, whichever way you're listening, this show is doing very, very well in the ratings. And it's not because of me. It's because of you. And it's because of your insightful calls. And it's also because of the outstanding staff that works hard behind the scenes each and every day to make sure that this show uh comes together. And so I say bravo to, to, to our staff and I say bravo to you, our listeners. And let's go right back to the uh, telephone calls. Let's go to Debbie in Cranford, New Jersey. Good morning, Debbie. You're on talk Hi. radio 77 WABC. First time talking with you. I've got a wild idea that'll blow your mind beside the um, plainclothes police officers coming with their cars and cameras and stuff, they should have an instant um, military strike that would, they would have boots on the ground and they would have jet planes bombing old sleazy old buildings and wow, it would be noisy and big and bold. Debbie, I I thank you for the call. Um, uh, I, 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 you know, the military, you know, we've already seen when uh, President Trump tried to bring the military in uh, as it relates to the hospital boat and so on, we already uh, see how well that played, uh, and it didn't go over very well. Let's go to, I believe, Elena in Teaneck, New Jersey. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hello, Mr. Carter. For starters, let me comment about your comment. It's not us, the listeners, that made you number one. It's you and your staff. Because you bring in intelligent information, so the listeners listen. If it wasn't for you and your staff, we wouldn't be listening. Well, thank, thank you. you. That, that's very kind of you. Thank you. But I really do feel that we're a family almost sitting around a table uh, having a conversation. But uh, I called to express an opinion, and I wanted to um, express it earlier, but of course we ran out of time. 
The uh, first of all, my condolences to the families of the policemen. They are going through hell and torture that no one can understand yes. unless they Agreed. were in those shoes. Agreed. So my condolences and prayers as much as they can help, but they're there. Uh, the second thing is I wanted to mention that uh, on the show, on Rita's show, uh, a commentator commented that this society is experiencing a decay. It is. We are disrespecting our teachers. We are disrespecting our parents. We are disrespecting our military. And, of course, we're disrespecting the police. So why is Yeah. And why is all this happening? It's happening because I feel there is a strong effort to create mental illness in this society. And it's systemic. It's endemic. Where is it coming from? Well, it's coming exactly from the people we should be getting rid of. It's coming from the drug dealers. It's coming from the bar owners and the alcohol sellers. It's coming from the... uh, uh, the people who work in the underworld who steal women and use them for business purposes. And when we have a drugged, sick, alcoholic society, and it starts, somebody said there was an overdose in the school, seventh grader was OD'd. Okay, we legalized drugs. We made this mental illness society legal now because, hey, kids, you can buy a bag of this or that, and, of course, it it tumbles. So it tumbles in the families. The the sick families make sick babies. The sick babies have sick grandchildren. And where does this mental illness play in the picture when we lost our two policemen? Well, you you raise – I thank you for the call. I thank you for the call. You you raise some excellent points – and I, I honestly feel I need a, another show to deal with just the issues that you just raised in the, um, in the last 30 seconds because I really don't understand. Listen, the mother couldn't control the son. God only knows where daddy is. I, I, But when you call the police, and if you know your son has a love of firearms and he thinks he's God, the moment you open the door for those three police officers that responded, that's what you should have said to them. I don't believe he has a gun, but he has a love of firearms. He's an ex-con. These are all things, right? Don't tell me about political correctness. If you're an ex-con, you're an ex-con. And the police responding to the scene have every right to know what they're walking into. Let's go to, in one second, I'm going to bring in Frank Morano, the other side of Midland. Let's go to John in Las Vegas. Good morning, John. What's on your mind? Oh, well, I used to be a photojournalist on the streets of New York for years, and I have a question that I don't think anybody's asking about the shooting of the two police officers. Um, why wasn't a sergeant assigned to that? So sergeants should be always assigned to those kind of domestic violence or d- domestic disturbance calls. Well, John, it might have turned out different if, if they weren't John, all John, really you, young. You, you, 
you're raising you're raising uh, some. I, I'm just, I'm short on time. You're raising some good points. Uh, there are not enough sergeants in the NYPD to go on every single call. It doesn't work that way. Um, and frankly, right now, I don't want to engage in any second guessing of these hero police officers that paid the ultimate price in terms of being wounded and, and sergeants and, and captains and lieutenants, they're normally radio, radioed into a situation after the initial call, if, if need be, if need be. I want to say, folks, you can download the 77 WABC app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Listen to all your favorite 77 WABC shows. Uh, like Frank Marano, you can download the, the latest 77 WABC podcast and get breaking news as it happens. And, of course, you can also download and listen to Dominic Carter City Hall. Go to WABCradio.tv and stream, for example, the Dominic Carter Show live on your smartphone, tablet, or smart TV, WABCradio.tv. And right now, we are joined by Frank Morano. Hello, side of Midnight. Good Dominic. Morning, Frank. Uh, good morning. It is great to be here. And uh, my compliments on uh, another terrific show, uh, informative, passionate. And uh, you bring a perspective on everything from these uh, p- the police shootings to the S- Sheldon Silver issue that uh, people are not going to hear anywhere else. And I was pleased to hear uh, John Katzmatidis, our owner, publicly uh, talk about the uh, Sky High ratings that you have for this hour and uh you certainly deserve all those accolades and a whole lot more well thank you but but nobody can touch your ratings uh mr modest but uh, but anyway what do you have frank and and i'm very proud to work with you what do you have Likewise, coming up this morning well uh, i'm going to be joined in about a half hour by our old friend roger stone he is obviously in the eye of the storm on the uh, january 6th committee he's also in florida florida has become great Ground zero for GOP politics, because right now you have uh, two of the possible 2024 presidential candidates, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, both residing in Florida. Stone has had a relationship with both men. He's going to tell us his take on what a primary between DeSantis and Trump would look like. And I'm going to get his take on a whole bunch of things, including the news regarding his old nemesis, Elliot Spitzer, who is continuing to make news. So you could almost see when there was more negative headlines about Elliot Spitzer coming out this weekend, Roger Stone almost drooling to comment on it. And so we're going to talk about that. And uh, I have a lot of other things that uh, we're going to get into over the weekend. I covered this a little yesterday, but over the weekend, this uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. against uh, rally against vaccine mandates. Some people are upset about some of the comparisons he made to to the Nazis. We're going to play you what he said, and I'm going to get caller reaction. whole bunch of other things. Uh, this ruling in New York State declaring the mask mandate unconstitutional. And I have a few other fun items as well to give people a break from the bad news, bad news, bad news drumbeat we've been enduring for seemingly the last year and a half. Well, Frank, let's um, let's go back to the telephone calls, you and I together, before your show starts at the top of the hour. Let's go to our friend Stan in Forest Hills. I heard him with uh, with our colleague Rita. And Stan, you're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. Yes, how are you, Big D? And all the accolades I'm on the well. show, you know that. Everything okay? Well, thank you, thank you. Hey, yes, listen, go uh, right ahead, Stan. S- since we're part of the fa- can you hear me? 
loud and clear. Okay. Since we're part of the family, can you lend me 50 and get me some cake from uh, the bakery near you? You know, Dad. <laughs> I can use some cake. I have a $50 bill somewhere, Daddy, you know? Anyway, I wanted you to laugh. You needed to laugh a little, you know? Yes. Anyway, yes. let me say this. Laughter can be good sometimes. Right. Go ahead. I'll get to the serious part. I couldn't care less about uh, what's-his-name that died. I mean, I couldn't care less. Uh, he was no good. He did what he did. He wielded power. He took money. Sheldon took Silver. Yeah. Got no sympathy whatsoever. I'm sorry. I don't like anyone to die, but no sympathy at all. And that's the end of, on that subject. But you forgot something about stop and frisk. You forgot. The courts have already stated that. It's, it's illegal. So unless the mayor can go away around it, I don't know how he's going to do some kind of thing like that. Do you no, have an no, idea? That's, that's, not, that's not what the court stated. Well, what did what they the, state? What the federal court stated, and that's why there's a monitor in place, is right. that there was basically an abuse with the amount of stop and frisk. Stan, there's no way around it. I thank you for the call, Stan. There's no way around it. It's an effective police tool. Frank Morano, what? How do you feel about uh, stopping? Well, frisk? look, the Supreme Court's been very clear on this in the case of Terry versus Ohio that the use of stop, question, and frisk is is uh, is constitutional. In that decision that Stan referenced by Judge Shendlin, almost every legal scholar believes that had the city of New York appealed that decision, Judge Shendlin's decision would have been overturned. But because Mayor De Blasio had come in and he agreed with the decision, he had no interest in appealing. So I, I think the decision of one judge does not case law necessarily make great point great point and folks you want to keep it right there frank morano the other side of midnight is coming up right now he's going to have a variety of topics as you just heard him mention i will be back again tomorrow same time same station keep it right there frank morano talk radio 77 wabc <laughs>